as the relationship just became more and more difficult over time, like I had to look into it and what I discovered and finally came to terms with blew my mind. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. On this show, we've mostly been talking about physical prisons, but today we're going to switch it up a bit and talk about spiritual ones because they too can be just as harmful as being in a physical one. It can be as confining as a physical one, harmful in mental ways, for instance, being institutionalized. And you can also find yourself being there over and over again. In fact, before being held in a physical prison, you first have to be transferred in from a spiritual one. It's what we call a gateway, so to speak. Because this is true, this makes today's topic even more important for us to listen to. I recorded this show much earlier this year, but that's irrelevant because this is what I call a classic. The topic today is narcissism and how it can imprison a person. My special guest here to talk about this is Christy Piper. Christy Piper is an author and a human dynamics and relationship expert. She has received an undergraduate and graduate degrees from Florida State University, and she is a U.S. Navy veteran and currently lives in New England. Her current book is titled, Girl, You Deserve More, and focuses on women involved in abusive relationships with a narcissist and the steps that can be taken to get safely out of it. Well, we'll get into my amazing interview with Christy in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a fundraiser to help support this podcast. We have designed some great hoodies and t-shirts that displays the model for a prisoner's pardon podcast. And that is, I rest my case on grace. The meaning is everything is dependent on the grace of God and there's nothing else that can solve whatever problem one may have. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to bonfire.com slash store slash prisoners pardon. I also have some exciting news. It's a prisoner's pardons children's book and it's coming out in two weeks just in time for Christmas. It's called Pharaoh's Butler and Baker. It's written for kids, but has a message for all ages. And that is to rest your case on grace. If you know the biblical account in Genesis, it's based on the actual case of Joseph when he was imprisoned and interpreted the dreams of both the butler and the baker who were in prison with him. It also tells the outcome of both the butler's case and the baker's case. The reason for this book is to encourage fathers, especially those who are incarcerated or have been, 
to read to their children. A father bonding with their children is critical and the most important thing a father can do in life. If you haven't already, please sign up for my emails. Go to prisonerspardon.com and we will send out the link for purchase when it is available. Thank you so much for supporting A Prisoner's Pardon and what we all do here. Now let's listen in to my chat with Christy. Now, today is June 1st. This is when we're doing this recording. And today is World Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day. I didn't know it even existed until a few days ago, until my special guest who I'm gonna introduce told me about it. Her name is Christy Piper, and she is a human dynamics and relationship expert. Now, she has received her undergraduate and graduate degrees from Florida State University and is a U.S. Navy veteran. She currently lives in New England, and she has learned these lessons the hard way about narcissistic behavior. Now, please welcome (laughs) Professor Sister Christy Piper. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for that introduction, Nietzsche J. That was (laughs) awesome. Oh, wow. I'm like so excited to um, just have you on the show because she is the author of Girl, You Deserve More, How to Break His Spell Over You, Escape Your Toxic Partner, and Become Independent. And guess so you are, I am reading this book and I am floored about how detailed this is about how to get through a relationship like this. And and just Christy, please tell us more about this and uh, about narcissism and what this is. Yeah, so I wrote the book inspired by my own experiences as well as those from other women. And I got into a couple of bad relationships in a row. And by the second one, I was wondering, you know, is it really me? Like what's going on here? And so I found out about something called narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. and his behavior just wasn't making any sense to me. So when I figured out what that was and I was sure that you know, these are the tactics being used on me. It just opened my eyes and I wanted to educate other women Mm -hmm. who might not know because thanks to a sister of mine who actually told me, she was an HR in a company and she, you know, I was telling her about like my trials and tribulations and my new relationship. And she was just like, oh, it sounds like he has narcissistic personality disorder. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, wait, you don't even know this guy. I was like, okay, he's, you know, because you hear like the pop culture definition of narcissist and you think it's somebody who's like Uh loud all the time and he's bragging and he thinks he's like that amazing. And like, this guy didn't act like that. And so it was really confusing to me. And at first I was even like, no, no, I don't know about that. But as the relationship just became more and more difficult over time, like I had to look into it and what I discovered and finally came to terms with blew my mind. I know it did because it blew my mind. Okay. All right. Because I'm like, is this, I'm reading a book you all. I'm like, okay, I've been, um, I don't know if my audience know that I have been through a domestic and this is perfectly describing 
him. And I can't get over, I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, that's right. Oh my goodness, this is real. I didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't imagining things. And then you say it's a whole name for it. And then I heard it's a whole awareness day. Where, where was I at? I didn't even know what this was. So I'm like, what, what, what do we need to make this, you know, more aware to women? I, I do believe a woman can be this way as well, but I think it's more, and my, um, just my opinion, it's more prevalent possibly with males. Yeah, know? it does seem to be a little bit more prevalent with males and what's you know, there are women like this too, and I know some of them as well, mm-hmm. and it presents a little bit differently, but the really damaging part when it's the male that has it is that he can, it seems more common that he'll get control of all the finances, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like as women, our self-esteem levels can be manipulated you know yeah more easily manipulated by our partner I mean I think it's it can be done like the other way around too but Mm -hmm. for some I mean this is my own experience you know Mm -hmm. so I just thought that I wanted to help other women with this issue like specific to the ways that a man is more likely to do it to us if he has the personality disorder but I do, I have heard from men that it can help men as well, but they're also a little less likely to go looking for the information. Oh, the, you're saying men would be less likely to look Yeah, for- yeah, a little bit because, you know, there's ego involved in it too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Would you say in abusive relationships, this may be the case that they have this disorder, possibly? Yeah. Um, I do think it's pretty common. I don't think it's always going to be the case in every situation. Like I have, I I do have a couple scenarios in the book um, where I compare and contrast um, a situation where the couple could probably redeem themselves if they work towards it. And Mm -hmm. then like examples where it's probably not redeemable. In a lot of cases, like somebody that has this disorder, like it, they're not going to be redeemable. I mean, you see like a few of them um, with accounts on, you know, YouTube or some of these social media channels that educate other people about their own disorder because they've realized they have it. That's just so rare and far between, I would say. Like most people who have this disorder won't recognize it. And even if they do, like even the people who do realize they have it and they educate others about it, like they'll still say like, I will do this. You can't help it. Like, <laughs> you know, so they're like aware of it and they're still going to do it anyway. That's, that's the whole, isn't it ironic then <laughs> that they even say that? Okay, then I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I'm just imagining things again. No, it, it is ironic. And that's why so few of them are actually willing to admit it to themselves and especially in public. Okay. All right. Um, but I would say like for the people who are in toxic relationships where they're still redeemable, usually those people grew up, like maybe they had a past toxic relationship in their past or they had a toxic environment growing up it's likely it was one of their parents or other caregivers or relatives around them, or maybe they had something traumatic happen to them. And so they somehow picked up these patterns of abuse and they're kind of just unconsciously carrying them out and they might not even be a bad person. 
And if that person can realize what mistakes they're making and actually admit it to themselves, there is a possibility of change within them. And then those relationships can be redeemed. But I mean, change is just so hard for anybody. Yeah. So they really have to be willing to make that commitment. Right, right. Do you know where I was looking this up and it was saying the, the origin of this name and it was, it was actually a man named Narcissus. And it was like, he was in love with his own image and it was. It's, right. That's from mythology. Oh, yes. that's from myth. Okay. And so that's where they got the name from. Okay. All right. That's, it's, it's so they knew about this um, that long ago. <laughs> What dream? Oh my it just, gosh. It just yeah. seemed like it just came out of nowhere to me. Cause I'm like, where did this come from? Where did this day come this? And then your sister telling you that, and she's in human resources. So she's seeing this in human behavior a lot at companies and stuff. Like, you know, why was she so informed? Oh, okay. So check this out. This is pretty wild. So she actually knew about it because you would think people in HR are very like in touch with people and they have the pulse on people and they're very emotionally intelligent, right? Uh So her boss, who was the head of HR at that company was actually a narcissist herself. And she found out about the disorder because she was trying to research like what was wrong with her boss and if she could fix it. (laughs) Isn't that insane? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Wow. That is. Well, if she could fix the relationship with her boss, she was trying to change it, but it ended up being like, once she found out about the disorder, she tried a few different methods. And I would say she's a woman who's very emotionally smart. Mm-hmm. And, and so she just realized, look, things aren't going to change. So she actually ended up leaving that company soon oh. after. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. But, but mm-hmm. isn't it funny that these yeah. relationships play out more than just romantic relationships? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was looking at going through your book and seeing, it, and I was like, wow, you could see this in, you know, mother daughter relationship mother-in-law relationships, you know, it's just, I just see a lot of these traits and just to have it defined is really good. And and having this day is really good. So people can know that it it does exist and they're not just imagining things. Hindsight is 2020. So they can go back and look at it. And I like your um, exercises that you have in your book, like it's time, then you know, just write down all the negative comments someone, you know, that person who you're suspecting is of, you know, have this sort of disorder have said to you. And I thought it, this was just amazing, practical things that people can do and just understanding, you know, that these people can mess with your mental health. Yeah, yeah for sure. And the funny thing is that these people could be just really nice if you meet them on the street and you don't know them. Yeah. It could be your neighbor, somebody that you know you're loosely connected to, like an acquaintance. Um, and you really have no idea of these people's inner life. Like some of these people are the kindest people. They seem like the kindest people and like very friendly. 
um, when you first meet them or if you don't really have close contact with them. But mm -hmm. as soon as they have more proximity to you and a little bit of control over your life, such as a boss, a partner, a parent, mm -hmm. those are the people, the people closest to us closest to them are the ones who truly know them and see their true character. Oh yeah, that is so true. You have a section in your book called Jekyll and Hyde. And I used, I laughed when I saw this. <laughs> I used to say that, man, just like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they don't know. It's like you, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even fault these people or anybody who didn't know what was going on, because it's like, I couldn't believe it either. And I'm right there. And I see the change, like a metamorphosis, like, you know, and then it's like, you never know what you're going to get. And I like how you went through this intermediate reinforcement, why you, why you are emotionally addicted, how you, how they get you to be addicted. Could you go through that a little bit to explain to the audience a little bit what you what you were mentioning here? And I was just amazed about this, you know, this research about these rats. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> okay, yeah. So imagine the rats, like, could be a little gross. I hadn't yeah. thought of that part because. So what's funny is um, one of my minors in college was actually in psychology. And mm -hmm. so this is a really big thing. If you're like a psych minor or major, they, they talk about rats a lot. Uh -huh. And that's because rats are actually extremely similar to humans, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like they're one of the closest, um, they do a lot of testing on them mentally. And even I think like pharmaceutical research and things just because they're so similar to us which is a little scary I know it's you know and I don't like them but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what they did with these rats is they put them in two different categories and in the first category anytime the rat pushed a lever he got a pellet mm -hmm. and so um that was totally predictable so that those rats just got bored and they were just like whatever so they stopped they like kind of gave up and just nothing much happened mm -hmm. um in the second category they gave these rats pellets in the beginning when they pushed the lever but then they would only intermittently mm -hmm. release a pellet like if they pressed it sometimes they would get a pellet but most of the time they wouldn't get a pellet mm -hmm. of food mm -hmm. And so these rats went so crazy, like, because of this intermittent reinforcement and the not knowing if they're going to get the pellet or not, that they actually drove themselves crazy. And they actually started, like, not grooming themselves properly, losing their hair and kind of like... familiar, ladies? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> So, like they were kind of just like their health and mental health was literally suffering because they were trying so hard to get these pellets and they didn't know what was going to come next. And that's where that's the same trick that a narcissist uses on people, the intermittent reinforcement. Like at first it starts really good. They're getting the pellet each time they're getting the compliments and then it just gets fewer and farer in between until finally there's like almost nothing but you're still just trying so hard to press that lever and get the reward and mm. you've just been so conditioned oh my goodness okay get the reward that reminds me of like okay I'm going to fix him 
then I'm going to be rewarded by having this perfect or somewhat perfect mate. Hello, am I talking oh, only Michi J here? <laughs> but <go ahead. laughs> I'm just, I'm like amazed about what is going on. And it's no longer a maze, you know, going through a maze for me in reading this book and anyone who picks up this book, because I've been definitely recommending your book, Christine, just to be informed, because if it's not you, it may be someone else, because these people with this sort of disorder, this is, this is very dangerous. Am I right? Christy, this can be a yeah, very these, dangerous situation. These people can be very dangerous. Not all yeah, of them. Not all of them. We just had some, right? Um, or all of them? Oh, man. Go ahead. I think there are different levels of danger, okay. for sure. Okay. And, like, the mo I think the most dangerous part of it is that they're so nice in the beginning. And, oh, like, to all the onlookers, they like I said earlier, they're the nicest people. For example, my ex, like, he would always tip like really nice tips so like all the servers and bartenders in our neighborhood like they loved him they thought mm -hmm. he was like so cool like they're like oh yeah he's coming in like mine did you that know. too yep and see the, and, and so giving like, giving presents to the to the in-law to the uh, in-laws and the family and so they loved him because he would give them big presents and stuff go ahead go ahead oh yeah yeah and like my um like when my mom came to visit he was like making French toast, breakfast in bed. And I'm thinking he hasn't done this since like the first week I moved in. This is scary. Go ahead. <laughs> and yeah, so all it's like they go through lengths to, they want to be liked. Like they actually don't have much internal confidence in themselves. And so they always need this approval from other people. Right. And so in getting that approval from the people who don't know them too well, they're they're really nice to them. And then they have all these people who think they're nice. And so that's kind of scary for the victim, for the yes. one in the relationship with them because nobody, yes. nobody wants to believe you. Yeah. It don't, been, and yeah. another like thing that's scary that goes hand in hand with them being so nice is they're so nice to you in the beginning until like each step you get deeper in whether it's when you move in with them or you get married or you have a kid it's like or you quit your job to depend on them financially it's like each step you get in deeper and deeper like they start getting meaner and meaner but it happens so slowly usually you don't a lot of people don't even realize what's happening. And I know that the case, that's the case with my first one is that it just happened so slowly. And he was so, he was really intelligent. And I just, I had no idea I had totally lost myself. Yeah, you lose your whole identity. Yeah, they make your image into what they want it to be for you. And yes, I totally identify with this. And I bet it's a lot of other women identify with this and they may not even know that they're in this type of relationship because I know I didn't know either Christy at first I'm like oh no I'm not you know that's not you know happening and you and then you you question you know and then yeah it honestly took it honestly like took other people kind of telling me like my longtime friends are like this doesn't sound like you Christy mm -hmm. and then another friend who tried to be more polite about it she was one of my best friends and she's like you know what 
he's kind of scary. He think mm-hmm. you do realize he thinks he owns you, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what mm-hmm. owns me? And like looking back on that, I I was kind of like confused at the time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish she had been. She's more like about feelings whereas I'm a little more straightforward and so I think she didn't want to hurt my feelings by being more straightforward does that make sense oh for sure for sure I understand I not like that she loved you enough to want you know and to overcome those obstacles because sometimes we don't understand what really what love is and love is coming with the truth no matter how much it would because it hurts her to hurt you I, I suspect and, yeah um, and she I don't know she probably dropped other little hints and I just you know it's really hard to hear it though when you're so invested with this person already like you're so caught up in their web you just don't really you're not really open at that point and that's that's another mm-hmm. scary part yeah and not just being myself going through that it's not like a dehumanizing thing to say and people need to stop that oh I thought she was smarter than that I thought you know what I'm saying? That she would have, it's, this is so like a, you know, you're like a rat or in this condition and you, and it slips in slowly that it's, you don't even suspect it, you know, and, and it's once you in it, it's, it's just hard to know that you're in that. And then it, to me, it can't, it became like embarrassing, you know, when I just, yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do you think I felt when I wrote the book? I was like, wait a second here. <laughs> People are going to know all these things about me. Oh, wow. Christine, I, I, my book is coming out to a, a prisoner's party. And I, I'm like, you know, I have to, I'm Christian. So I have to say, well, this is about you. Because if you can take this mess, <laughs> do something with this mess. And Christy, two times as well, from different people. And they were different. So I, I mm-hmm. get it. That's why so much resonated with you. And I was like, when did you write this book? Because I'm going to be so mad if it was really, really a long time ago. <laughs> no, I actually published it in September 2021. So it's still pretty new. Okay, good. I mean, it's not good, but I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just, this has to be, like, we have to spread the word about this book because this is education that you're not going to get in school. And this is like information. I love that you sound like your whole um, output, how you do it. Like you are just like an older sister, just talking to us and educating us. You could you can tell the love and the firmness and straightforwardness and um, telling us what's going on. You, I like how you started and for us like describing the sort of chains. I call them chains that you may have you know, about, okay, you said you believe his promises that he would change for the better. You consider, consider him family and not, and not want to lose that, especially if you don't have other family you can depend on. I, mm-hmm. I look at all this stuff and I think, Christy, and you tell me, because you're the relationship expert, uh, Michi J isn't, but <laughs> this to me brings up you know, like uh, danger alarms because we have so many young girls, you know, growing up without fathers in the home, not getting the love that there's that they're supposed to get, the unconditional love, and they're just more 
to me susceptible to this these type of relationships absolutely wow absolutely and you know these guys know that oh. they'll see a girl who grew up without a father in her life or someone who they even if you have both parents in the household it doesn't mean it was good at okay. all okay. and and these people can hone in on it that's they yeah, they it. just know. They can and smell they, it. They take it. Okay, go ahead. They can, and, and they'll take advantage of it, too. And they say, well, how do they put it in um, street terms or something? They say, with daddy issues. They want to get <laughs> uh, with daddy issues. You know, it's, it's, tr it's true. Um, <laughs> I don't know if all of them have daddy issues, but they probably at least have mommy issues. Okay. I think guys can have daddy issues too. I'm just not, you know, I'm not trying yeah. to be all sexist, but it's just different type of issues. But, um, but yeah, they come for the ones with daddy issues. Cause I remember in my own situation, like I remember him asking me, they ask sometimes they, they figuring you out mm -hmm. and they, they're studying you. Like what's going to most make you mad to want to leave? And I remember that question and I remember him trying not to do that. Oh it's my like, God. <laughs> yes, it's real. It's real. And um, I, I uh, work with a lot of women and I look at different things and it's like, we have to be educated. And this domestic abuse is on the rise, huge. And it's very serious. You know, I had a cousin um, a few months ago um, she had gotten murdered in Atlanta. Mm, um, sorry had, to hear that. Yeah, I have an aunt that was, it was a different type of domestic, but, you know, she got murdered by um, her grandson. And oh, wow. yeah, this is, this is um, life or death issues. And in my own case, it was sort of really serious too. And um, I, you know, I downplay it now because I don't want to get into that but I'm just you know we're here to speak about Christy and I are speaking about real things and it's this has to be taken seriously it should not just be a day this should be a month at least a month and where in there they should be teaching this in schools um especially especially to young girls um because this is so prevalent now and we're we we are sitting ducks and you can't really tell who they are i'm just it's scary they don't look like that they they well, here's fool the thing. everybody almost everybody almost. so if it's too good to be true it probably is but okay. of course like you don't you know think that way when you're in it you know you're just thinking he is amazing he's my prince charming you know you hear about like a prince charming and they oh, lived yeah. happily ever after and love, we love romance don't we go ahead <laughs> exactly so like you're hoping that that's like your prince charming and you're finally getting a break and you're you've met the one and you know you say like it would be good to teach this in schools but here's the thing what? um most of these girls that grow up in really healthy households and I don't mean just you know households with two parents I mean like in loving families where their parents teach them to have self-esteem they give them confidence they see the healthy relationship between their parents um they automatically know usually not to go for this type mm -hmm. like it could happen to anyone but it's far less likely to happen to them because they just automatically sort of know it's the ones who grew up in troubled households who 
who are the ones who need the education. And but, most of the time we learn it the hard way. <laughs> but they could be like your sister though. They could be our human resources girl, you know, and notice it about their friends and say, no, and, and can educate her, even though they might not be in it. Okay. You know? So I don't know like everything about her past relationships, but I do, I don't think she's been in, um, romantic relationships with this so that's how she was able to recognize it so quickly because she knew something was off with her manager like she was like okay what's up with this lady mm, okay so yeah. she recognized it quickly okay yeah that's what i was thinking like if all girls probably got that education they can help their fellow girlfriends if they actually know about it that was part one of my chat with Christy. And all I have to say is listen again, if need be, because if you are like me, it's going to take some time to process what you just heard. There's still more to hear. So tune in next week to hear part two. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonersparting.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.